excited about what the Lord is wanting to just share with us, and I want to encourage you to open up your hearts. And I know for many of you, you saw the word wives, and you're thinking, but I'm not a wife. But I want to encourage you that this morning, I'm trusting that this would speak not only to the wives, but to the women in the house, as well as to the men. Because God is all about families, and as we grow as people, as we become more like Jesus, we become better employees, we become better wives, we become better husbands. We, well, I won't become better husbands, but you know what I mean? So I want to encourage you this morning to open up your heart, and we're looking at Proverbs 31, and just, I just want to, before I go on to the part that it speaks about this Proverbs 31 woman, that when any Christian woman reads that, you kind of like feel, oh my gosh, seriously, is this a real person? How is it possible to tick all of these boxes? But I just want to read verse 1, which is a very interesting verse. Before we get to verse 10, it says, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. So it's almost as if there's this mother that is describing if she could pick a woman for her son. You know, like Cookie is praying for, Dal for Dallin, this wife that he, he needs to marry in order to be a leader in God's church. It actually lists all of these things. And when we actually look at Proverbs 31, which we're going to read together now, it's kind of like written um, that what, what, he has, what they've done or what he has done, it's, it's not completely sure if it was written by Lemuel himself or it is, if it's his mother-in-law, but, but basically it's written in the form of like an acronym. You know when you hear those poems, like where it says mother, M is for this and O is for this and T is for this and H is for this. And it's written, it's the Hebrew alphabet taken, and it's within the Hebrew alphabet, you say Aleph is for this, and Beth is for this, and Gamel is for this, and Dalet. that's the way that it is written, okay? So it's sort of in that form of writing, and what I want, when I first read, well, not first, but when I read Proverbs 31, I messaged Gareth, and I said to him, did you read this before you asked me to preach? And he said, yes, my love. I said, but, but I don't tick all of those boxes, and now you're expecting me to preach, and how is that okay? And the Lord took me on a journey of this Proverbs 31, and just understanding the heart of God, understanding what God is wanting to say. And for those that are not married, I want to encourage you that the scriptures tell us that the Lord is your husband, and you can become, you can be this woman, even though you don't have a husband, you can be the woman that you see in Proverbs 31. Okay, the men can't be her, but you can praise her is what the scriptures tell us, but we'll get to that. So that's just, a, that's just how it is written. And I want to start off just by reading the whole of Proverbs 31 from verse 10. I'm reading it on my phone because I was going to read it from my Bible. But the Bible I brought, the words, the words got a lot smaller than they used to be. I don't know. But, okay, from verse 10, a wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more, far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Not got, but this is where I started getting worried. She selects wool and flax and works with ego hands. I did woodwork with the boys at school, so I'm not a great sewer. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up 
while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. While we're in Botswana, I just want to stop there. We actually went to a school. We got back from Botswana yesterday. We went to a school and we had to fix their vegetable garden. And I had my spade and I had my hat and I was digging. You know, when I got there, I thought, oh my gosh, this looks like such hard work. But when I got into it, I realized perhaps I could plant a vineyard. She sees... She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong, and I realize my arms can be strong. She sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. There, I got worried again. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her head. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. It's getting tiring. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Now, if if there's a, a woman in the house that ticks every one of those boxes, please stand. It's quite a daunting scripture, But I want to ask you, I just want to take a few things out of the scripture. And I want to ask you, firstly, to the wives, does your husband trust you? Can your husband trust you? Do you bring him good and not harm all the days of his life? Do you fear the future? For all of us, actually for all of us, do we fear the future? Do you lack wisdom? Are you needing wisdom in how to provide for your family financially? Are you struggling with being idle? Are you reaching out to those in need? And are you strong? Now, if we are not able, if we're struggling in these areas, the basis of that, the root of that, is that we're struggling to fear the Lord. Because when I'm struggling to trust, when I'm struggling to honor my husband, when I'm struggling to be led by him, it is because I'm not fearing the Lord. Even when I'm struggling to be led by by the leaders of God's house, the root is often a lack in the fear of the Lord. 
And so I want us to look at, firstly, just to start off with, what does it mean to fear the Lord? And in Exodus chapter 20, what we see is we see the people of Israel with Moses, right? And we see God coming with thunders and flashes of lightning and the sound of a trumpet, you know, God showing that he's God, showing how big and powerful he is. And the Israelites say to Moses, no, 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 we, we don't want to hear from him directly. You go, you listen, and you just tell us what God is saying. And isn't that very often what we do today, you know? Oh, you know, I'll just, I just want to hear from that preacher on YouTube. I just want to hear the word of the Lord from him. I don't want to go to the Lord myself. And we're just like the people of Israel. But this is Moses' response. He says, do not fear, for God has come to test you that you, that fear, the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. So actually he says, do not fear, but fear the Lord. Do not fear the future, church, but fear the Lord. Do not fear the opinions of man, but fear the Lord. Do not fear that you will walk into some disaster, but fear the Lord. And so this woman that fears the Lord, what that looks like is that when she is tr in trouble, she doesn't run to sin. She runs to the Lord. To fear the Lord means to run to Him. And we can see this when we look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 13. This, this is how, what the fear of the Lord looks like. It says, The Lord of the hosts, let Him be your fear. Fear the wrath of God. But then it says, And let Him be your dread. Dread. What he can do to you if you're in sin. And then it says, and he will become your sanctuary. So what that looks like is fear of the Lord is not going, oh my gosh, I fear the Lord. It's, I fear the Lord. I, he's this big and powerful God. He can do anything. He can wipe us all out if he choose, chooses to. And he doesn't have to give an excuse because he's God. If he chooses to make every single one of us not exist anymore, he may, because he's God. If he chooses to, the earth that is his footstool, if he chooses to just destroy it completely, he may, because he's God. But, but God chooses. When we fear him and we realize that that is what he is capable of, when we run to him, he becomes our sanctuary. He becomes our safe place. He says, I am this big, powerful God that can do anything, but come, let me be your protection. Let me be the one where you find safety, where you find refuge. And I want us to look at a few scriptures that speak about when you fear the Lord, this is what God has in store for you. It is so exciting. Psalm 25 verse 12 says, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways that they should choose. So God gives you direction when you fear him. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord will bless you if you are fearing, in, fearing him. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Some translation says the Lord is a friend to those who fear him. Because to fear him means to come under the shadow of his wings into a relationship with him. 
Psalm 31, 19. How great is the goodness you have stored up. So God has stored up goodness for those that fear him. How lavish it is on those who come to you for protection. And what was interesting was a lot of the places where I read about the fear of the Lord, it spoke about his protection. It spoke about his being your refuge. So the fear of the Lord looks like us saying, I'm in, a, I'm in need now. I'm not going to run and do things that are unrighteous. I'm not going to run towards unrighteousness to be my supplier. I'm not going to run towards sin to fulfill my needs. Because I fear the Lord, I'm going to run to Him. And I'm going to place myself in His presence. He lavishes that. The fear of the Lord means to run to Him, to find refuge in Him. Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His holy people, for you who who fear Him lack no good thing. If you fear the Lord, you lack no good thing. Psalm 103.11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. 103, Psalm 103.13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalm 145.19, he fulfills the desires, the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. Now the Lord says, Delight yourself in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. When you are in his presence, you start to desire his presence and he gives it to you. That is what he has for us. He has himself. So just looking at this list, he gives direction. He, he gives us, we prosper. Our descendants, our children and the children's children will walk in the things of God. We have friendship with God. We have goodness stored up. We blessed before a watching world. We have protection. We lack no good thing. Love as high as the heavens. Compassion of the Lord. Desires fulfilled. That is what God has for his people but we lack the fear of the Lord. We lack the fear of the Lord. If you're struggling with sin, you lack the fear of the Lord. If you're struggling with honor, you lack the fear of the Lord. If you're struggling with faith, you lack the fear of the Lord. But your response is not to run from him. Your response is to run to him, to obtain mercy and to find grace in your time of need, in his presence. He says, come to me and you will find grace. You will find mercy in your time of need. You're not running from him to the things of this world. You're running to him. So when we look at this woman, we see that departing into sin is too fearful to pursue because you fear the wrath of God. Departing into sin is too fearful to pursue. And the benefits of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty is too glorious to forsake. The benefits of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. He says, come. He says, come to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. If you don't know how to fear him, you know where you learn? He says, come. Come to me. Find in your in his presence. 
So let's look at this woman now that we know that the fear of the Lord, the first thing is that her husband trusts her. And I want to speak to the wives for a moment. Does, can your husband trust you? Can he trust you with his credit card? Never shame your husband publicly. Never. Never shame him publicly. Never shame him privately. I'm speaking sternly. Stop it. Proverbs 12.4 says, A good wife is a crown for her husband. And so you might sit here today and you say, but Ainsley, you don't know my husband. But I want to tell you, God fights for you. Respect him. Not even if he does not deserve. Maybe you have a husband that does not deserve respect. Ask the Lord, Lord, I want to respect him, not because of who he is, but because of who I am, because I am a woman that respects I am a woman that chooses to honor. I am a woman that speaks the word of the Lord. And I'm not going to allow, the, 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 if he's not serving God, I'm not going to allow it to influence my right standing with the Lord. Okay? Treat him with respect. You know, um, Mark always used to reference the honor, the pipe of honor. That the size of your pipe, if you honor, you can receive more from that person. And we see it in church all the time. If you honor your husband, you can receive more from him. If you honor your leaders, you receive more from them. Okay? When we go into places where we struggle to honor, we struggle to receive from those people. Then she does not fear tomorrow because she knows that the Lord is her refuge. The Lord is her sanctuary. The Lord is is the one that fights for her. She doesn't, you know that Moses was known as the humblest man that walked the earth because he says, I will not defend myself. The Lord will defend me. So find rest and refuge in the shelter of the most high God and let him, let him fill you with his presence. Let him come. You know, David says, when David was in sin, he says, I felt your hand heavy upon me, and I repented from my sin. That is what the Lord does. He doesn't come with an accusing finger like the enemy does. The enemy comes and he, he points. But the Lord comes and he places his hand, and he says, this is not who you are. This is not who I've called you to be. My son, my daughter, and he, he places his hand and he says, come, let me show you. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you how to fear me. But what that looks like is him being your sanctuary. He's my fear and my dread. I fear the wrath of God. I dread the, the, the pain that I will experience if I don't accept him. But I run to him and he becomes my sanctuary. <laughs> She speaks words of wisdom and kindness. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Respond with a gentle answer. But harsh words stir up anger. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And I just want to just speak about our, how we speak for a moment. You know, the scriptures tell us that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So often when we're struggling with the way that we speak, we actually need to deal with our hearts. 
we actually need to deal with our hearts. And you'll see on your calendars that you received, there's something called power through position. And that really teaches us how to deal with our hearts. And I'm just going to share the seven steps that, that it speaks about on this course, which you are more than welcome to, att to attend. It says, firstly, there's this rise, you know, in a marriage. There's this rise where you're like, mm, I'm very upset with my husband right now. I just want to punch him. <laughs> Or maybe you just, oh, I'm so upset. I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to submit. So there's this rise. Then you need to recognize, you need to take that thing to the Lord and you need to say, Lord, why do I feel like this? What in me, in my heart is not okay? You need to recognize what that thing is. Then you need to repent and forgive. If you're saying, Lord, I struggle to trust my husband. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. I want to fear you. I trust you. I trust you in this situation. Okay. Repent and forgive. Then we need to renounce, okay? Renounce means we, we're, telling, we're saying the enemy has no place. The enemy has no place in this relationship. Then we receive from God. We renew our minds, and then we repeat it. But I'm not going to go into depth. That was just an encouragement to attend the course. But we need to deal with our hearts because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're struggling with your words, you've got to deal with your heart, You've got to ask questions. Why? What's in there? What is in the depths of my soul? Maybe you're someone that just goes about and you don't even realize what's in there. But you come before the Lord. You come with the fear of, you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, I present my heart to you. See if there's any unrighteous way. Would you cleanse it, Jesus? Jesus, show me. And you know what the Lord does? He doesn't come with that pointing finger. He takes your heart and he says, my daughter, my son, let me wash. Let me wash it clean. Let me wash those lies that you're believing about yourself. Let me wash the lies that, that have been in you from when you were a small child that the enemy has repeated over and over again. Let me take that heart and let me pour my love, my word, who I am into the depths and let me heal. Let me heal. Let me show you who you are. And when your heart is restored and when your heart is in him, your words start to change. When you realize the kindness of God, when you realize his kindness that leads us to repentance, our words become kind. Then you see that she is strong. And what this scripture says, okay, so, we, so we're going on to she is strong. And it says she girds herself with strength. She girds herself. Now, this strength is not only a physical strength. You know, we as Christians are actually, we do need to look after what the Lord has given us. I know it gets harder, I've realized, as we get older. But, we, I mean, Melly, he swims, it swims length, cycles. He's looking after what God has given him. So we got we to do that. She's strong. Then, but she's also strong intellectually, okay? She accesses God. She keeps her mind active. And we've got a responsibility to, to keep active, to grow. Now, we've had people in, in, in churches, you know, ah, oh, I'm not growing there. And I've never read a scripture that commands leaders to, to grow your people. It, there are scriptures that tell us to lead the people, but it's your responsibility to own your growth. She girds herself. 
You need to take responsibility for your growth. You need to be finding yourself in the scriptures, having mentors that are pouring into your life, having people that you are vulnerable with. You are responsible to grow because if you're not growing, you're deteriorating. That's a fact. As a person, if you are not growing intellectually, if you're not growing in your mind and growing in your knowledge of the scriptures and growing in the things of God, growing, you know that Paul says faith is like a muscle. What happens to a muscle when you stop using it? I've I realized <laughs> by itself, it doesn't stay what it was. I mean, I used to ride 20 horses a week at a stage. That was what I did for a, uh, what a, for a living. I would ride 20. I mean, I had strong arms. Those muscles, they didn't stay strong. They're not as strong as they were. And it's the same. God says faith is like a muscle. And you need to take your faith and you need to build that muscle. You are responsible to do that. But you do that with the Lord in the sanctuary, it, with him. He wants to empower you to read the scriptures. He wants to, he wants to say, come, come, let me show you. I want to make you strong. I want to I make you into the man and the woman of God that I've called you to be. She girds herself with strength. She has business ventures. You know that God has got business ventures for his church. He has got, we have got access to the King of Kings. We have got access to the voice of God. And he has got ideas for his people. I'm telling you, sit with him and say, Lord, this woman, she plants a vineyard and she, she's, in, she's going into business. And the Lord wants us to, he, he's, but you do it in the fear of the Lord. It's, remember, it's not that you need to tick, tick, tick. But I want to encourage you. If, if, if you feel that that's what the Lord is saying, hearing the Lord and saying, okay, God, I'd like, I'd like that. Okay? Remember, it's not, you don't need to tick every box. Some of us are not called to go into to business, perhaps. So be free. But at the same time, know that, that, that he gives us ideas for provision and he gives us people that he, we can surround ourselves with. Then she lives for others. Number five, the last one. So she cares for her family and she cares for the needy. So let's look at how she cares for her family. If we look at verse 27, we see the, the Hebrew word tapa, tapa, which means she watches and she's a watchman. And she does not only, she's not, she, it says that she watches, a lot of the translations say she watches over the affairs of her household, but also that she's a watchman. But that means that she brings her household before the Lord in prayer. She takes the, it's not just the physical, but it's the spiritual. She's laying the, her household before the Lord in prayer. And she's saying, Lord, help me to take care of my household. And how many of you know that your husbands can often be way more, are not always aware of the kids, right? I want to tell you a story of my mom and my dad. My mom left my dad to look after the kids. And when she got back, my brother Brad said to, went to her and said, Mommy, we walked up this, this little hill. And when you touch the fence, you go, ooh. <laughs> so the, 
Your men can be, <laughs> they're not always so watchful of their kids. Chantal and I now on the outreach, we, we were kids, we're our kids, what are they doing? And, the, and Gareth and Romka are like, don't worry, they're fine, relax. But, but a woman, she wants to know where her kids are. She wants to watch over them. It's in us. We want to know that they're protected. We want to make sure that they're well clothed. And, and sadly today, you know, for a long time in history, we saw that the enemy, enemy removed fathers. And now he's removing mothers. And I want to tell you, mom, take up your responsibility for your children. God's put it in you. Don't, don't disqualify yourself. It, you, are you have a responsibility before God. Has fathers and, and mothers, which we'll deal with next week. But God wants to empower you. And if you're like, I can't, I don't know how to do it. Lord, where do you find yourself? Fear of the Lord, God's presence, his sanctuary. Lord, help me. Okay, then we see how she, she takes care of her family. She's, and her husband is able to sit amongst the elders. You know that very often you see men walk into what God has for them because they have a wife that is encouraging them, that is spurring them on, that is speaking words of life. And just when we got married, I think the first time I, I really believed I was wrong was after seven years of marriage. And um, I really struggled in the area of submission. Like, really, I really, really did. Because I was saying, Lord, can you just teach this man to lead me? And the one day I was just crying out to the Lord and saying, can this man just lead me? And the Lord said, he showed me this picture of me on this mission. And I'm going for the things of God. And I'm, I'm running after the things of God. And I'm like, Lord, can this man not lead me? I know where we're going. And the Lord said, if you want him to lead you, turn around and follow him. Follow him. And it was hard because he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know where we were going. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it shifted our marriage. It brought me freedom. It brought me liberty. It brought me into a spacious place. And Gareth got to walk and become. I got to see him become. You know, because remember what we've said often. Men marry women as they are. Women marry potential. And then it's to get them to walk into that potential, right? You cannot do it by nagging. Nagging makes them passive. You've got to encourage them. And when, you, when you're struggling, you've got to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, remind me what you showed me when I married him. Lord, remind me of that leader. Remind me of that man that is walking in the things of the Lord. And a friend of ours, she struggled. Her husband wasn't saved. He was drinking. He was an alcoholic. And she decided to treat him as if he was this godly saved man. She pictured him and she treated him as if he was that. And he got saved and he became the man of God that God had shown her. But how do you do that? You, you can't do it without the empowering of the Spirit. You cannot. You've got to find yourself in the presence of God praying, Lord, help me, help me. And, and watch, you know, watch. And get counsel from others. Please. We, we needed counsel. We needed help, eh? Yo, 
I was speaking to a young man in Botswana now. We, um, we, Gareth and I are praying. We've got such good young men in our church that need to find good wives. And he was, you know, we were chatting. And I realized that when we got married, you know, I, we have grown so much because we, I believe we've, 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 we've had people speaking into our lives. We've had, we've gone, we've been vulnerable. We've like, we're struggling still today. Lord, just people, like we've got people that speak into our lives, people that look at our finances and help us with our finances. Okay. Then she cares for the needy. I want you all to hold up your hands. Do you have hands? One hand, two hands, we've all got hands. She extends her hands to the needy. Now we see two words for hands. The first is in verse 13, kaf which are upturned hands extended in prayer, hands that are praying, hands that are lifted up to God. Then in verse 20, the word yad, ministering and serving hands. Now for some of you, you want to give to the poor. Maybe you feel like you are the poor. No, seriously, you've got, you feel like you've got nothing to give. But if you've got hands, you can give hands. And when we were in Botswana, we went to this old age home. And I went and I started speaking to some of the really old grannies there. A lot of them were deaf. A lot of them didn't understand English. A lot, there was a lady that was blind. And a lot of the, the, uh, when we got there, they were all lying um, on this blanket on the side. And others were sitting. And just before we started, this nurse came and started to pick them up. And so I went... And I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this. But she taught me how to help her to lift every granny. There was, I think, eight of them. And we lifted each of them and we walked them to the seat and we sat them down and we, we, we picked them all up off the ground and we seated them nicely. But there was one granny. Her name was Gladys. And when I picked her up, she took my hand and she held it. And she didn't let it go the whole time. She kept looking at me. She said, my name is Gladys. She just wanted to hold my hand. And I sat with her and I rubbed her back. And, you know, there was a lady that was blind and just the physical touch. If you have hands, you can give touch. If you have hands, you can give, you, you, you can come and get involved or get involved in an, a, a, a home or go and visit the, the old age home, paint their nails, do, use the hands that God has given you. We went, I went to visit a, a friend of mine has a baby home, and I remember this young boy that came, and he just latched himself onto me. It, like, nothing, that fills a person's heart. So you've got hands, use them. So she's blessed, her children rise, they call her blessed, and men, husbands, bless your wives. Teach your children. You know, I've got a husband that if my children dishonor me, their dad will sort them out. Don't allow your children to dishonor their mom. You, 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 you teach them to bless her because when they do, when you honor your father and your mother, it will go well with you. For the sake of your children, same way, why, a woman, wives, don't, don't allow your, your children to disrespect their dads, okay? 
So that is how we should live. We should be blessing. Think of ways to bless. You can listen to last, last week's preach. And then we laugh at the days to come. When we have the fear of the Lord, we don't have to fear what's to come. We don't have to fear even living in, in a country where there can be so much fear, so much is thrown at you, the things of the world. But you've got to find yourself, Lord, I want to be in your will. I want to be in a place where I'm hearing your voice. And I'm hearing, I'm getting your wisdom, and I'm walking in obedience to what you are telling me. And I want us to end with something that I wrote, just to encourage you. I'd like you to close your eyes, and then we're going to have a time of ministry. And as you listen to the words, I want you to picture yourself. I know this is a stretch for some of you, but I want you to picture yourself looking at the things where that you are either fearing, maybe you're fearing the future, maybe you have um, fear of your situation, maybe look to the things you want to run to, you want to run to unrighteousness to solve your money problems, maybe you want to run to sin um, to solve your needs, maybe you have you feel like you have needs that you need to fulfill and you want to run to sin. Anything that the Lord shows you that is maybe not or showing that you are not fearing Him. And I want you to see yourself taking that thing, pushing it aside and, and picture yourself coming into the shadow of the Almighty and saying, Lord, I want, to, I, want to, I want you, I want to fear you. I want to find myself doing what you say. And I want you to listen to this. Run to him. Refrain from sin. Remember his commands and obey them. Remain in him. Reach out to him. Remember he's the one who gives you strength. Receive from above. Rest in his love. Remember, fear this God of all creation. Rely on his word. Respect what he says. Remember all his blessings as you wait for him. And I want to ask, if you, if you want to say, Lord, I, I want to I ask that we respond. And just as, a, as an action, if you need to just stand and take a step forward, whatever you, you, you have courage to do, I believe that faith is stirred when we respond. And every, we all have areas where we, we, we need to bring, come back into the throne room of grace, to the throne room of God to obtain grace and receive mercy in our times of need. So would you stand and say, Lord, today, I choose to fear you, to honor you, to run to you, to receive from you, to remain in you, to rely on you, and allow him to redeem your situation and you. So let's, st let's stand and respond.